Jaquiel said in his song that time waits for no one. And that is so true. Um, I love the video. It's such a powerful picture of how life just continues to move forward. And every part of life seems like a phase, but every phase of life is so vitally important for all of us, wouldn't you say? I want to talk to you for a couple of minutes uh, this morning about don't waste your time. If you could stand, we're going to read... uh, Scripture, Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, and I want to read it actually in three versions this morning. I want to read it first together in the New Revised Standard Version, so, and then we're going to read it in the Message Version, and then we're going to read it in the King James Version, okay? So, uh, and there is a reason, but I want you to pay, just pay attention to the whole issue of time in the Scripture, so beautiful. Be careful, then, how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time, because the days are evil. So do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Just let that set in your spirit for a moment. And now let's go to the message version, a little bit longer version. Don't waste your time on useless work mere busy work, the barren pursuits of darkness. Expose these things for the sham they are. It's a scandal when people waste their lives on things they must do in the darkness where no one will see. Rip the cover off those frauds and see how attractive they look in the light of Christ. Wake up from your sleep. Climb out from your coffins. Christ will show you the light. Just let that scripture, just be with that scripture for a moment. And now Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, James Version. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Go ahead and just be with that scripture. Pay, pay a little bit more attention to two words in this, if you would, because I want to talk about the word circumspectly and the word redeeming. Great. You guys can go ahead and be seated. Time really doesn't wait for anyone, um, and time is unique in that... Um, Unlike most other things in life, really all other things in life, time, uh, the same amount per day is given to each person. Time isn't something that um, you can bring increase to. Whatever is allotted to each one of us is what we will have to live into. The truth is, when it comes to time, is yesterday is gone, Uh, tomorrow is not promised. We are not promised tomorrow at all, Uh, but the truth about time is every moment is a gift. I want you to think for a second about uh, the fact when you woke up this morning, it was a gift. When you and I woke up, today was a gift. This is a gift that we're here to this moment. Every moment of our life, every phase of our life is a gift from God to be cherished, to be honored, 
to be stewarded over well. And it's interesting because when it comes to time, I think we put a lot of attention on uh, many other things, but when it comes to time, time is one of those things that when you begin to talk about it and the amount of time that you have in your life, it becomes a subject that we pay a lot of attention to, but generally we don't pay a lot of attention to it. Time just kind of rolls on. But when we have these spaces where we can begin to pay attention Something powerful can happen. I've noticed that as I'm getting older, you know, when I was younger, I didn't notice time as much. Um, and because I figured I had a lot more time or I had a lot of time. And I wasn't naive enough to think that I had unlimited time. I, I wouldn't say that, but I thought I had plenty of time. And then now I notice as I'm getting older that I get uh, more clear emails from heaven about time, right? Like when I wake up, the other day we played, we had a family wiffle ball game, and I, it was like uh, over a week ago, and I'm still sore. Those are emails from God saying, you've only got so much time. Those are, see, what happens as you get older, you begin to pay attention, or if you're wise and you have faith and you're, you're, you're leaning into the voice of God, you begin to pay attention more and more clearly uh, to the fact that these things that start to happen, for instance, with your body or, or you know, you start to go gray or you wrinkle, if you're, if you're paying attention, you realize those are communications from God uh, in a lot of different ways. But one of the ways is saying your days are limited and it's no accident that, you know, you're sore longer now. And then there comes this time when you will have no time left on the earth. So you pay attention. I love what T.D. Jake says when it comes to... Um, when it comes to moments being a gift, he says, all we have is the fierce urgency of now. All we have is the fierce urgency of now. So let's talk about a few different things um, when it comes to trying to avoid wasting our time. The first thing is, I think it's important for us to know the value of time. It's important uh, just to pay attention to the value. Time has a, has a unique value to it. Now, uh, social scientists have, that pay attention to this have said that the average person spends 80% of their time on what they would call common or non-creative activity, just common activity. It's not necessarily bad activity, common. So we spend somewhere around 80% of our time, if we're average, just on common activity, doing things that, uh, you know, that we need to do, most of them or a lot of them. Maybe it's things like, you know, uh, going to work, and, but they're considered non-creative activities. And 20%, the other 20%, they say, is utilized for purpose-filled activity, activity that is, gives space for our creativity. Uh, it reminds me of a conversation Claire and I had that only a husband and wife can have. Uh, actually, a wife can only have with a husband. A husband couldn't have this conversation with a wife. But anyway, that's my opinion. So, and I shared it that day when this happened. I was, Claire was getting ready. She mentioned she's going to Cincinnati. She's getting ready. And I was helping her get ready. And she asked me to do a couple of things. And on my way to doing a couple of things, I did a couple of other good things, right? How, how many of the men in the room have ever done good things and gotten in trouble for Anyway, she said to me, she said, you know, you do a lot of good things, but you get distracted from the best thing. And that's true about me. That's why I, I'm trying to defend myself, and she doesn't have a mic right now. So, but, the, but it is true about me, and it's true about all of us. 
that we spend a lot of time perhaps doing a lot of good things, but we miss out on what's best. The, when, when you think about that we spend on average 80% of our time on what is common, the question becomes, and when we've got a certain amount of time, each one of us here on earth, we want to try to shift that number in our own life best we can, right? Wouldn't it be amazing if we had 80% of our time or say 50-50% of our time, 50% of your time and my time spent doing creative purpose-filled, the things that you were really created for. When God, when you were created in God's image and likeness, God had something clearly in mind that is still uh, clearly in mind. You are here for a certain purpose. Imagine if we could spend 50% of our time, for instance, paying attention to that and living into that, leaning into what we were created for, what a huge difference that could make in our life as opposed to spending so much time on what some would say is just filler in our lives. So the value of time, uh, we've already mentioned that the value of time is, time is an irreplaceable commodity. Time is kind of unique this way. For instance, money, we talked about money last week. Money is not an irreplaceable commodity. You could lose all of your money today and you can get more tomorrow. You, it's, it's just like that, isn't it? How many of you owned a home around the housing crash, 2008, around there? If you owned a home, raise your hand. Um, so you know, for instance, that most of you that owned a home, 2008, like overnight, you, it, it, at least on paper, overnight, you lost a bunch of money. And now, if you still have that same home, most of you, if not all of you, that house is now worth what it was worth then, back in 2008, maybe worth even more. See, because money is, is, is replaceable, but time is not replaceable. Um, it's, it's the same way when it comes to relationships. How many of you are on Facebook? Raise your hand if you're on Facebook. And then you've got those high school friends, right? Raise your hand if you, you ever have any of those people you, you knew in high school. You, maybe you haven't seen them in years. If you're as old as me, it's literally decades. But you see them. Now, some of those people, when you see them on Facebook, they're friends, right? I mean, you may not, they may live in another part of the country. You never talk to them. You give them a thumbs up every once in a while, or they give you a thumbs down, something like that. I don't know how that works uh, for you. But have you ever looked at some of those pictures on Facebook and you thought, you just think about how, gosh, that person, I was really close to that person in high school. Like, we were tight. I mean, I thought, if you had asked me in high school, I thought, I'm going to be really close to that person for the rest of my life. But that's not true. Relationships are, are able to be replenished as well. It's, it's awesome. Now, we have those kind of golden friends, those people that do the journey with us for maybe our whole life. Those are treasured gifts that are rare uh, for most of us, really for any of us. If any of us have golden friends that we've done the journey with our whole life, that's awesome. If you've been married for decades, that's amazing. Uh, that's beautiful. But the truth is, in general, is relationships like resources, finances can be replenished. Time is not like that. You cannot get more time. You and I cannot get more time. It's funny, um, this whole time thing becomes really big at work, doesn't it? Like, um, uh, Claire, Claire gave me this uh, from a human resources. This is a real uh, sheet they put together because they were getting frustrated at this one 
um, corporate environment about how the employees were wasting their time, so they wanted them to, to designate, so they understood the value of time grade. They wanted them to designate specifically what they were wasting their time on. That's kind of an interesting environment to work in, right? We might try this with church staff. Anyway, this is what this letter says. It's from the accounting department. It has come to our attention recently that many of you have been turning in timesheets that specify large amounts of miscellaneous unproductive time, code 5309. However, we need to know exactly what you're doing with your unproductive time. Attached below is a sheet specifying a tentative extended job code listed based on the observation of your activities as employees. So then there's this big long list. It's several pages long. I'm just going to tell you a couple of them. 5316, useless meeting. 5319, waiting for a break. 5320, waiting for lunch. 5321, waiting for the end of the day. 5393, covering for an incompetent worker that's a friend. 5,400, covering for an incompetent coworker who is not a friend. 5,401, trying to explain a concept to a coworker who is stupid. 5,481, buying a snack. 5,482, eating a snack. 5,502, waiting for something to happen. 5,503, scratching yourself. 5,504, sleeping. 5,510, being bored. 5,600, complaining about the lousy job. 5,601, complaining about the low pay. 5,604, complaining about my boss. uh, 6,102, ordering out. And 6,103, waiting for my food to be delivered. And then I love this one, 6,104, taking it easy while my food digests. And it goes on. Gossip's in there, hiding from the boss. That's, That's in there. That's a good one. Staring into space. <laughs> Here, here's, here's a couple more. Um, 7406, talking with my personal therapist on the phone. 8,000, recreational drug use. 8,001, non-recreational drug use. 8,002, liquid lunch. 8101, arguing with a coworker about politics. We can waste some time, can't we? Could you imagine working in that environment? I, we were talking about a staff meeting, and one of the folks on staff here said that we had that in my company. We had to list all of our wasted time. The point is this, is time is valuable. It's, it's kind of humorous at, at some level when we start to talk about how we waste time because we all do. Uh, you know, we're not hitting it out of the park 100% of the time and using our time wisely, but we want that to shift, Time is valuable. So we're called to value time. And then secondly, and we saw this in, this in the King James Version, we're called to redeem time. What does it mean to redeem time? To live redeeming our time brings on a sense of living in the flow of the Holy Spirit because our time is totally connected to the way God created us and living into that fully. When it comes to redeeming our time, the first way we can redeem our time is simply to do the things that we're invited to do by God. In 1988, Nike, uh, their sales were, their gross sales were $877 million. They went into, they approached an ad campaign company who came back to them with three words. 
And you all are familiar with these words, three words, just do it. And their sales almost overnight went from $877 million, that's pretty impressive, to $9.3 billion, based mostly on those three words. That's really the significant thing that shifted, just do it. And the reason is because we sense this about our time, and we sense this about our own lives. We live in a, in a world of multiplied procrastinations. Some of us procrastinate more than others, but we live in a world of multiplied procrastinations. We are people of great dreams and visions and creativity. We are people of ideas and goals. And then we face obstacles and problems and resistance, and that causes many of us to simply say, I'm going to put this on hold what I've been invited to do, my dreams and my creativity, my ideals, the goals, what God's put in me, what is resonating in me. When obstacles come, problems come up and resistance, we we sometimes, really many times, decide I'm just going to put that on hold. And then before we know it, time starts to pass, our hair starts to change color, and things just get shelved, right? We would all be amazed at, at simply if we just knew in this room how many people have incredible ideas and dreams and creative thoughts that are not being lived into. Because the truth is it's hard to bring our thoughts to action. We would be surprised, I think, at the books that are not written in this room, the businesses that have not started, the creative ideas that have not been acted on, the education, the educational opportunities that have been passed up, the job interviews or job offers that have not been pursued, the ministry launches or improvements that have not been paid attention to, and the songs left unwritten, because this is the truth about us. But we need to be people that will resonate with this invitation. If I'm going to redeem my time, I'm going to be a person that not, that, see, I don't think the problem is we're not hearing so much from God. I think that's a problem at times. But I think the problem is, is we do hear from God, but it's hard for us when we face resistance and we get intimidated. We need to stay focused. We need to stay focused, even on things as simple as our relational world, right? Like, I don't know how many times I'm around people that I I love, like my relationship with Claire. There are times when um, I I will be disappointed in myself for not expressing fully how much I love her, how much I, how, how she impresses me. Now, I do that. I'm not saying I don't do that, but it's like that with all of our relationships. What would it be like if we could stay focused on, on letting our heart be engaged in our relational world, for instance? To stay focused on what really matters in our lives. I think in order to, to redeem our time, we also need to, at a certain level, avoid people that have extra time. I think extra time people are kind of like, uh, last week we talked about extra money, like who's got extra money, nobody seems to, but the, this is all I mean by extra time people, it's the people that they're, they're like not going anywhere, and they, they, they're just, they got extra time, no problem just like consuming all the time because they're not aware 
of their limitation in their own time and certainly aren't aware of the limitation in your time. Now, I'm not saying you don't love people and you don't care people, care for people and you don't engage with people, but people that have, this, have no sense of their limitation of time can rob you of the time that you have and you have a responsibility. One of the things that um, you can uh, usually uh, indicates extra time people are, there's little indications. One of them is they seem to like shake your hand and pull you in. You ever have those? Now, some salespeople are taught to do that. So I, I, they kind of can waste your time too, can't they? But anyway, there are those people that shake, shake your hand and they like, they take you prisoner. Like I have you and your time now. Those are extra time people. The problem, if we're not paying attention to our time, redeeming our time, is we begin to live with a level of regret or can live with a level of regret. Uh, As a pastor, of course, I've been at a lot of funerals uh, in my adult life, and the roughest situations um, oftentimes are people, the people that have the hardest time letting go of their loved one are oftentimes the people that have deep regret about not utilizing their time with those people. Those become really hard situations for them. And those people, they, 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 it, it's, it's sad to watch it, the deep regret. Um, other extra time people are the people that miss their turn and they get bitter. All that I mean by that is, so first of all, we get opportunity. We've got God speaking to us, giving us all dreams and visions, giving us things we're invited to, things we're invited to get right in our life, to get whole, to get uh, to grow, to be restored and strengthened, to, to get healed up and move on in our lives, to, to move into the things that uh, God is calling us for, to for the next level, all of those things. And then there are those people that miss their turn. They literally don't pay attention to their turn. They don't take their opportunity and they begin to attempt to kill other people's future because that's how it happens. That's how bitterness, for instance, starts to well up in a person. It's generally because, not always, but generally because they will, they will miss their own opportunity and then they'll watch you take your opportunity, move into what God created you for, into the preferred future God has for you, and they can get bitter about that. They can begin to get gossipy about that. See, this was Saul's problem in the Old Testament. Remember Saul? David is simply trying to honor Saul and, and, and tend to Saul and help him out. And all of a sudden, Saul gets jealous of the fact that David is walking in all the opportunities that God's offering to him, Saul begins to try to kill David. It's this principle that happens in life. Because, see, if if a person is gossipy, if a person is bitter, you have to have time to do that. I don't know about you, but I'm really, I don't have time to be bitter I don't have time to be gossipy. I don't have time to talk about why I don't like you. I don't have time to be bitter about things. I I may need to invest some time in getting restored because people maybe have done some horrific things to, to, to you or to me, and you need to get some ministry and get healed up from those things. But to sit in our bitterness, all it does is takes our life. It literally takes the valuable time that we have. 
It takes time to do those things. Whereas the people who lean in to the life that they're created for, and they do it full-heartedly, facing challenges and attacks, hurdles and obstacles, prepare for the, and get busy preparing for the next fight so that they can go into the enemy's camp and take what the enemy has stolen from them and also stolen from some other people. They don't have time for these things. There's no time to worry about uh, if everybody is or what everybody is or isn't doing. It's, it's no disrespect for you to not worry about what everything that I'm doing. I, I don't feel disrespectful. I, I feel like you're honoring your time. Preparing for what is next. Redeem your time. For some of us, there's letters that need to be written. Do it now, I would say. For some of us, there's calls that need to be need to be made. I would say do it now. For some of us, there are risks that need to be taken. We can do those things right now. We can make a decision and move into those things because your time is too valuable. Your time is too precious. There's some of us that need to step out in faith. Now is the time to do that. Some of us need to express our love more clearly to other people. Now is, has just as much opportunity in it as any other time. For some of us, maybe it's to open our heart to Jesus. Maybe for the first time, maybe to renew opening our heart to Jesus. Right now is the time to do that, not tomorrow. The scripture even encourages us, today is the day of salvation. This time, this is the moment that you and I have been given to do these things and many other things. Which leads to the last piece here, and that is to live circumspectly. Don't let time get away from you. To live circumspectly means to look around and give careful and wise consideration to your life. I mentioned those emails that come to you as you get older. To live circumspectly for all of us, no matter what age we are, is to understand. It doesn't matter if you're 18 or if you're 75 or 100. The invitation for all of us is to live circumspectly. To understand we've got this valuable amount of time to live into. To look around and give careful and wise consideration to how God has created you, what he's created you for. The truth about us is we are all running out of time. We all have an eternity waiting for us, but we've only got so much time on this planet. What are you and I going to do with the time we have left? Did you ever think about where did, did you ever just have that consider? Where did all the time go? You ever been in those conversations? I was talking with my brother yesterday and I, I told him, I said, you know, when I was younger, like when I was 30, 40 years old, I, uh, you know, I, I, I looked at, like, our parents, I looked at my in-laws, and there was, like, this insulation. That generation became the insulator for me to not pay as much attention. But then my father died, and my father-in-law died, and all of a sudden, I realized I'm, like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm one of the next up. Like, I'm, I'm, I've moved up to this place where uh, when, you, when you have the conversation, I remember all the old people, where have they gone? Well, they're not here anymore. Hopefully they're in heaven, but they're not here anymore, right? Where does time go? Where do all the old friends go? 
Before we know it, they are gone, and you and I become the older friends. Hair gray, skin wrinkles, ready for bed at nine. I just prefer to say I'm ready for bed at nine just because there's nothing interesting enough to keep me up till 10. Psalm 90:12, David, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach me, God, to number my days. In other words, David is saying, teach us to make every day count. This moment is a gift. Give me the courage, God, to structure and restructure my life in order to get the most out of this one and only life that I have been gifted with. I was with a good friend of mine, younger guy, uh, the other day, and I meet with him on a regular basis every once in a while. He's a very significant leader, has a huge impact with his life. And it's interesting because I've noticed over the years that every time we get together, and this is intentional, every time we get together, we spend a significant amount of our time together talking about time. Because, see, if you just let time happen, if you don't pay attention to it, you don't pay attention to things like, I need time for my own soul. I need time to, to make sure that my relationship with God is right and clear, and out of that I can hear clearly from him, and then I can begin to understand how to distribute my time. Space for the things that matter most, friends, for, with your soul, with your relational world, with your abilities and gifts, with your passions, with reaching and having an impact on people. I love those kinds of conversations. I long for meaningful, valuable moments of being with the people that I love and being with any of you and all of you and being able to talk about the value of the time that God has given us and the gift of that. Don't take it for granted, friends. Time is short. I have one question, and then we're going to go to a video clip, and then we're going to close up. If we, if we just consider that we have limited time and we understand that time is short, what will you do with the time that you have left? What will you do with the time that you have left? Let's check out this video. Time is short. My king is coming soon. Because eternity matters, I will give him my all today. No regrets, no excuses, holding nothing back. With his help and by his power, I will leave no words unsaid, no deeds undone, no hope unshared. My faith moves mountains. My prayers calm storms. My words give life. My hands bring healing. My feet deliver the good news that Christ is risen and is coming again. God's word is a lamp directing my steps. His spirit is my power. When I'm weak, he makes me strong. Because Christ is coming, I will not back down, sell out, or be pushed around. My life is too valuable, my calling too great, my God too good. To waste my life on things that don't last, I am empowered. 
let's stand together. We just want to bless your time. And so however you would receive that, if you want to bow your head, if you want to look up to heaven, however you would receive this blessing, God, we bless our friends' time. We bless their morning and their noon and their evening, and we pray, God, that they would see your kingdom come on their Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday this week, that with every appointment, with every uh, serendipitous thing that happens, that they would see their time as blessed that they would experience the blessing of God and the rising up and opening their eyes in the morning when they hit their knees in prayer, when they raise their hands in worship, that when they put their head on the pillow at night, they would see their time as blessed. We pray they feel that blessing, God, following them and then coming through them to other people. Let them give the gift of time to the people that you intend. We thank you for these opportunities that are coming this week that we have no idea about. We thank you for blessing us with words that can take us into the time that's coming. Amen. Have a wonderful week, everybody.